I think the 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 waitress, uh, the the bar lady as well. The like bar owner. Bar, bar lady. What am I saying? Yeah, the woman who owns the bar. Um, that was sexism, folks. Welcome to The Recommendation Game, a bi-weekly film podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen, we watch them separately, and then Skype to discuss them at length. <laughs> My name is Orla McNeilis. And I'm Ricardo Deacon. And you are listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This week's film, we're finally returning to Germany for Ali, Fear Eats the Soul from 1974. The wildly prolific German filmmaker Rainer Werner Fassbender paid homage to a cinematic hero, Douglas Sirk, with this update of that filmmaker's 1955, All That Heaven Allows. A lonely widow meets a much younger Arab worker in a bar during a rainstorm. They fall in love to their own surprise and to the outright shock of their families, colleagues and drinking buddies. In Ali, Fear Eats the Soul, Fassbender expertly wields the emotional power of classic Hollywood melodrama to expose the racial tensions underlying contemporary German culture. This week's film was chosen by Ricardo. I feel like finally, is this a finally for picking a, a Fassbender film? Yeah, like uh, I, I really like Fassbender, but I think that he's one of my blind spots as well. Like I, considering that he's made something like... How many movies did he make? Forty um, like or something. Yeah, he, he died at the age of thirty-seven as well. Yeah, like he he seemed to be just knocking one out at like every year at least. Yeah, forty feature films. Yeah, so he should have made the, well, like he was active for about twelve years, mm. thirteen years. So he was making three or four films a year. So there's a lot to go through, but I often while intoxicated also. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, I think that there's no way, like, he had a life that must have been just to do drugs and make movies. That, like, there's no other amount of time that you, like, th- there's no time for anything else, but it's a surprising oh, thing. Oh, 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 and having lovers. Oh, yeah. we forget. <laughs> well, like, I suppose that it's easier to have lovers than to maintain a relationship, so. But I think that <laughs> it's really impressive and strange that he was able to have that life. And then you see the movies that he made, you know, like his background is very similar to somebody like Sam Peckinpah or like Post Rider maybe or something like a uh, approach. Post Rider. <laughs> but like his, uh, he doesn't have this uber masculinity that uh, these other directors had, you know, like uh, he was able to empathize completely with the characters in a way that those directors didn't. Uh, well, like they did, but on on a way that is uh try to understand their own toxic masculinity but not address it really not admitting that it's a problem is almost like excusing it well yeah or showing it in others but not examining it in themselves yeah like and i think the fassbender is particularly good in the case for this movie um in dealing with post-World War II Germany and what it means to be post-World War II Germany. Um, in many ways, the movie has, like, sadly has not aged. Like, uh, you know, you'd want this mo- this type of movie that is like you're watching it now going like, oh, so ridiculous the way that they used to behave in the 70s. This will never <laughs> happen nowadays. <laughs> and... Everything that the movie depicts, it could have been set in 2021. Like, possibly, like, if there was a remake of this, it would be like, oh, they met through an app or something. (laughs) That would be, like, the only change (laughs) that you'd need to make, you know? Um, Yeah. Like, even, uh, I was watching this with Alex the other day. Whenever uh, she walks into the bar, she goes, it's exactly like your man. I knew exactly what she meant. It's like, Akikar is Maki. Like, 
like the saddest, uh, like sadness in the bar, the lighting, it the colors. Is so Aki Kurosawaki at multiple points. It's kind of comical. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and but obviously it's the the thing that Kurosawaki clearly um, has borrowed from Fassbender, like they're on, but also because they're they might be borrowing from the same influence in the form of Douglas Sark and also Ozu in to a certain degree that all their movies are really about like normal people there's not that much plot in them hmm. and I think the of the films that of Fassbender that I've seen um, this is his most controlled piece of work like I've liked a lot of other of his movies but this is like 90 minutes and it just gets in gets out and it's absolutely lovely. I think it's one of the like loveliest movies, but at the same time, it doesn't have this. It's lovely and optimistic and looks at the, the best in people, but it doesn't become a cloy or even unrealistic. It's within the... It's set on a real world the way the Karismaki's movies do not are not set in the real world <laughs> yes and uh douglas sirk's movies are not set in the real world they're uh completely designed within their artifice to to work as a story but uh in this in fassbender's case he would take the tropes of the genre and the, the filmmaker filmmaking style and apply it in a far more verite kind of approach and I think it's it takes a very good filmmaker to be able to embed something that is as melodramatic as the story of this movie, but not make it melodramatic either. But also, it's completely real, even in the moments that are like just hilarious, like whenever the 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 wife of the store owner is like, "Oh, go out and apologize <laughs> so she can come back to the shop because he's uh, trying to awkwardly to talk to her while he's like, "Oh, got to open the uh, <laughs> the like awning on the store." <laughs> and then he just grabs her and uh, pulls come her inside. into the shop. I'll give you some margarine. <laughs> yes, this time, but. Yeah. I think that it's a like even their relationship is very complex in a way that like a lesser director would have made it because the whole point of usually the whole point on these uh, films uh, and these relationships, let's say that like it has been gone from all the heaven will allow to fucking Titanic. That is the idea of like rich woman, poor man. And then Fassbender just throws everything at it. That is like, what would you separate each other? Like, he's not wealthy. He's foreign, doesn't speak uh, German completely. Like, he has good enough German to communicate. But it's not, like, he's not completely fluent. It's made, like, um, clear even through the subtitles, which I thought was a good decision in, for Criterion. Mm. That, like, uh, uh, his dialogue is grammatically incorrect so you know the uh, like for a second i thought oh jesus who wrote these subtitles <laughs> and then it's like okay it makes sense so it makes clear whenever he's trying to uh speak to somebody that is a native german speaker that his communication skills are not uh, completely there yet obviously he's only been there for like two years he says i think so mm. like it's a fairly good amount of german to have when you move to a place as an adult. I think that the relationship being as complex as it is, like, but realistic, but lovely at the same time. It's, uh, I think it's all the more lovely because it is embedded in reality. It's not just there's no co internal complications because usually uh, with these types of stories, the complications come from the uh, exterior, the outside world trying to interfere with the internal world of that household. Well, that is happening in this movie. There's also like a, um, there's drama within the relationship as well because there are different people, but like any relationship 
has drama at the end of the day doesn't matter if there's an age difference or if there's like a wage difference if there's like a racial difference there's always uh, <coughs> differences that you know like somebody might clean more than the other somebody might be like a morning person and the other is the evening like a, a night hawk or whatever and we've all learned that those small differences can be a very big deal whenever you can't leave your houses yes <laughs> But then it's also like the you, but also that those small differences don't really matter. You just have to look past them, and it's uh, even for big things. The way that the movie deals with it, the the like sexuality in particular, the like the realization from her that he, especially as she grows older, that at the moment she's still able to have like a sexual life with him. But if they're gonna be married until death do you part, uh, eventually he's gonna be still be young and wanting to have that kind of contact with women, and she's not gonna be able to provide that. So like she's made her peace already with that with that line. And then I really like that he goes, "No, it was a mistake. I only love you," because he's realized that the, the important aspect of sex in many ways is whenever you have a connection with the other person and it might be more thrilling to be with a young person but if you have no kind of connection with them it becomes mm. a lesser of an experience they, he does show that very well in that like this you, you know the young bartender that he has so much in common with and oh she makes his kiss kiss and everything uh i love <laughs> he's like i don't like kiss kiss how do you not like this kid? Um, like, you know, the, the shot where he goes over, he takes off his clothes, she takes off her clothes, and they just kind of lie. And it's so, it's like connection without any connection. You know? Yeah, like, like a, it's, it's so it, empty. there's a lot more sexuality in the, the scene whenever Ali sits in her bed and just starts touching her arm as they are like connecting after uh, the night out or that they had a few drinks so and i thought that you for one is that it's a movie that again i don't think that you've seen that many fazbender movies so i thought it'd be interesting to pick we haven't done that many german movies i think this no, period of like somehow uh, yeah yeah and i love like this period of german cinema is like really interesting let's say that it's whenever it became its own thing that like French cinema, you can almost watch a French movie and not have the sound on or subtitles and you know it's a French movie. Even if it's not set in France. Mm. You know, like it's... Uh, it's uh, <laughs> there is an aesthetic. <laughs> there's an aesthetic. There's a, like approach to filmmaking that is unique to that country. And obviously there's no like set of rules that like there's some dude in the back of a room going like you must only do this or whatever but because once <laughs> only in certain countries during certain periods of history <laughs> yes well like uh, germany perhaps in the 30s <laughs> or so. yeah yeah <laughs> or spain italy well like uh, but or in future. this case it's like well like in also the Hays code in america like the literal list but i suppose not not in the the 70s Yes, and also be like uh, an aspect that is an aesthetic that is more picked up by uh, by the industry almost by osmosis because directors will influence each other rather than something that is gone from the top down. It's uh, something that becomes organic. But you have this kind of um, Thor line in, even in the background that the whole movie is about how like the cost of living is going up and, and like everybody's becoming desperate like being able to sustain themselves without the fear of not having anything the next day mm. and I think it's like an interesting commentary on German culture at the time especially because of the separation you know uh, of the one country or two countries uh, whichever you want to whichever way you want to put it and it's something that it's kind of like the reunification obviously has had like a, a lot of problems internally and stuff, even like with industry or even something as simple as uh, football. The, none of the East German teams that were in the East German uh, first division are in the Bundesliga in the first division. Most of them mm -hmm. had to fold and stuff because it's like suddenly you're changing from one 
form of economic system to another. So the other country has, like West Germany had, what, 60 years head start to East Germany. So you had all those problems, but like unification has been so successful that you kind of forget about it. You forget that the that they were completely separate. In a way, I don't know if it is complete. If it's like with the benefit of hindsight that I'm adding the this messaging into the movie, but I think it's like so much of the movie is about like uh, how uh, how Germany hasn't really changed from the 30s and the like how people haven't changed since the 30s because it's like <coughs> it it was very easy to dehumanize Jewish people and now they just found another. Just people to there. to dehumanize something that is broader so it's harder to to be accused of like a particular uh, form of regressive behavior or, or hatred because mm. it's just oh, it's migrant workers and then it's like oh no but it's not because of their race or anything it's just because of the economy and like german workers or whatever but like the more you they drill down the more inhuman they seem to like even when they're trying to be nice they're so disgusting like whenever they're how your one goes to to talk to condescending very quick oh yeah like oh yeah i didn't know that they washed or anything and then like like that scene is is so uncomfortable as well because then uh what's her name now uh emmy Mm. that emmy starts uh behaving the same way uh saying like oh look grab his arms look how so far he is and stuff uh, like almost <laughs> as she's displaying him which like is very uncomfortable um especially with a country with a post-colonial past um mm. but like I, I just generally generally like this movie i i think that there's a lot of people as well that i'm interested in what you think of it uh, a lot of people didn't like the ending of the movie, but I I'm one of the people that think that that ending is perfect for the movie that preceded it. Like, it's not like the t- traditional kind of way to end the movie, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in a structural way. But I think that it it really works. So without further ado, what did you think of Ali? Fear eats the soul. Well, first of all, I have to say. I I think that the opening scene of this might be completely perfect. Um, it made me think, uh, like right, pretty much from like the opening right up until they have breakfast the next morning. I think is a wonderful sequence, and like their dance, the music, the bar, the blocking in the bar, like just everything about that. The, the continuation of their conversation, their need to keep talking to each other, their need for connection. It's so wonderful. And it really reminded me of like, um, like uh, definitely Chris Mackey, but also 35 Shots of Rome. Um, another uh, film that has like particular dancing scene, but uh, it's so European. And it made me realize that I've kind of been neglecting European cinema recently um, for whatever reason, where I've been watching a lot of like, uh, like Japanese movies or Korean movies, and then obviously a lot of American cinema and a lot of TV, but I haven't really been watching a lot of European cinema. So I'm kind of like, Jesus, this is, oh, I missed, I missed these crummy little apartments. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, <laughs> oh no yeah uh, yeah um i have to say that once we got past that opening scene the film sort of went downhill a little bit from there um i think it kind of it goes down a path that it doesn't quite recover from there's a review in little white lies where uh it's basically like <laughs> how to how to judge whether or not you become friends with somebody you ask them if they like this movie and if they don't you politely uh, decline and walk away. <laughs> I was like, oh no, Ricardo's never going to speak to me again. Um, yeah, so I don't have much of a pass with Fassbinder. Uh, the most famous encounter that I and most of our uh, class had was when Malachi made us watch The Bitter Tears of Pedro von Kant. It was Richard. Uh, was it Richard? Uh, well, that makes more sense. Um, obviously, yeah, because the fucking has a Cirque obsession as well. Um yeah, which is obviously time I will never get back. I don't have a lot of fond memories of that movie. I was, it is probably one of those things that maybe I should revisit because I was very young and probably just didn't get it. I, I, yeah, I don't know. This this film, 
uh, I have a lot of time for. And I think I don't dislike it, but it just I'm starting to wonder if maybe Fassbender is just not my guy. Uh. <laughs> Which is weird considering uh, his influences, let's say, and the know. filmmakers that he influenced I as well. Know. If I could have, I think, got more into the film if it had more of scenes like the opening scene where the two characters, they connect so beautifully in very like, it's not in your face. It's very like subtle how they connect. And as the film progresses, they have these little moments of intimacy and it's so touching and so beautiful to watch them together in those moments. But as the movie continues, it just has less and less of that. And we kind of we're moving from situation to situation where there's this sort of comical, at times, overt racism coming from every corner. It's very heightened. And all I wanted was just 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 another little moment of even if it's them having difficulties of their relationship i wanted more of them together or 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 alone but you know what i mean yeah. i wanted less of them with other characters because those scenes were so over the top which i believe is the intention but it just there are moments where like she walks into the bathroom and he's in the shower and she, you know, he's naked and she says really softly, she's like, you know, you're beautiful. And he kind of smiles. And it's such a like lovely little moment of like comfort and sort of immediate intimacy that these people have. It is really beautiful. And it's so tender. I think, God, I struggled a lot with this film. So in saying all that, I think that this film is incredibly brave. The themes that he chooses to tackle, not just the racism, but also <clears throat> the ageism and also a certain level of classism that there is, even though like most of these people are like working class and she's not necessarily, you know, she doesn't make more money than he does necessarily. Like she's as sort of like lower class, but also probably would have had more opportunities maybe in life than he will ever have which i think is interesting i think that's in the background of this that he makes money in the job that he has but he still has to live in a room with you know five other men probably being exploited by his landlord not because of money but because these are his only options and he is stuck in those kinds of situations um i can imagine like the impact that this would have had on people watching it at the time you know, German people, but also just like like non-German speakers or people who've never lived in Germany or never lived in Germany at that time of, because this is not, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a strictly German uh, <laughs> phenomenon, this level of like racism that is so embedded in, of like the real, the otherness of other people, people from other places, people from other, you know. Um, I think the, the problem maybe with watching this film now in our particular time is that the problem with racism and xenophobia is that it has one playbook it is it is one one language that it gets reused for every year of history we just tweak it slightly but it's always the same it's always like like the conversation that the women have about like immigrants that they are sex obsessed or they only care about money, but they're also lazy, but they're also dirty, but they're also, it's like all the bad things. It's all, it's, it's everything people say about every immigrant everywhere. <laughs> and I think it's just, you know, and so in that first scene when she's at work and they're having that conversation and like in my head, I'm going ding, 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 ding. God, this is so like, uh, so many comparisons with now. Um, but as the movie progresses and all the characters are all speaking from the same playbook and there are subtle other levels of things underneath the film, but so much of it is very much at the forefront in the dialogue, which at times is not great. There's something about watching this as well, where it's so like, you know, the son-in-law play by Fassbender, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, is it is it the son-in-law or the son that kicks the TV? I can't remember. But it's the son, yeah. Like he, uh, he kind of like Fassbender is kind of sitting there after everybody <laughs> leaves, and you're like thinking, oh, is he gonna, 
you know, uh, subvert expectations and be the one person that doesn't have a problem. <laughs> and that he just gives them like a really dirty look and goes, let's get out of here kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, our only hero in this movie is uh, the landlord. So I don't know about that. Not, that's a subversion. I felt like if I'd watched this film without subtitles, I would have liked it more. <laughs> I like uh, if I can just tackle a couple of things that you said, uh, yeah. if that's okay. Uh, for one, the um, the aspect of like the ra- the overt racism, as you said, like for one, like it was a lot more prevalent. Let's say the it was more accepted to be that openly racist in Germany, that uh, even just because of the population dynamics at the moment, uh, you wouldn't be able to get away with that much. But I think that the movie does a good job in a couple aspects to show how like the people operate, that even like Yolanda, the Yugoslavian woman, she's white and stuff. So like we can deal with her, b- but she's a little bit better. But not completely mm. one of us, kind of thing. Just stand. that that scene is great in in the work. Whenever they move away from her and yeah. they bring a me back in, it's very beautifully done. Yeah, like the, the dialogue is, is stupid. <laughs> I think that the the movie makes a point that Emmy is racist as well, but it's just because mm. it's completely embedded in your culture, like a. Whenever you grow up in a very racist society, like even as I did, I think that even as you did as well, but with different people kind of thing, like your like Irish racism is very much anti-traveler. And it's yeah. kind of like whenever it's ingrained in your brain. Sometimes and anti-Polish and Latvian Lithuanians yeah. as well, like particularly whenever I was a teenager, that was a big thing. Yeah, like there's obviously anti-black racism in Ireland as well, but I think that it like it's less accepted let's say as in they are racists but if they they would be called out called out more for being racist towards a, a black person than if they like you know like people openly are racist towards travelers and nobody bats an eye in yeah. in ireland but same in brazil and i think that the like brazil but like they'll be with black people and i think that whenever you grow up in that kind of society like you have to almost think your way out of that position. Like I still catch myself every so often having a racist thought, and then I have to have a conversation with myself, going like, "Oh God, this is yeah. not like something that you're." We are all we are all tainted, like. <laughs> and I think that that's the that even when you love somebody completely as Emmy does with Ali. Because you come from this society, there's something that you can't just take out of the person. So, like, it reverts even, like, the thing about the couscous. That is, like, the one bit that she won't, like, even consider be, like, to meet him in the middle. That it's, like, I don't like it, but I'll cook it for you. Or Yeah. Because uh, it's such a big thing of people's identity, food. And it's such a bonding thing in a way of, feeling connection with your culture and your home and your family and yeah i i like the inclusion of that i also (laughs) the scene where they go to like hitler's favorite restaurant and she's like you know hitler Uh, (laughs) i laughed so hard but that scene is really excellent where they're there and she's like awkwardly ordering and it's it's so it's like the waiter has like patience for her while also like side-eyeing him with her it's it's this there's so much going on in that scene that i think it's really excellent and uh restaurant the with the, that... the least amount of fucking vibe that i've ever seen uh, <laughs> no yeah, music and just some lad standing there looking at oh, you oh god oh it's just oh yeah that it, it unsettled me greatly um but uh <laughs> And it's it's a scene where they're they're the 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 gulf starts to f- to form between them, and that there's nothing there there isn't it doesn't feel like a white savior narrative in this film because the film is very aware of the flaws that Emmy has, 
like there's there's one moment in the film where I thought it was gonna like turn around, and that's when they go on holidays, and I was like, oh man, we're gonna get a I think oh, and then they just come back and like oh, da, 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 da. I was like, no, I want to see them on holidays. But like I think that the ah. I think that it is like uh, done on purpose. The movie the the movie does it. Um, the Fats Bender approaches uh, the film this way because. I think that there are no moments uh, between them that, like the ones that you want to see until the mm. like whatever happens after the movie finishes because I think that they had such a perfect first night together that is enough to hold them together for the duration let's say but that as soon as they Ali comes back the second night the pressures of the outside world start coming into the house. Mm. The ending, whenever like he has the ulcer, and the doctor says that it's like, yeah, migrant workers get this because of the stress. But obviously, like uh, we're shown how his work environment is just a regular work environment, and he has like safety or whatever. So that it's stress society. is completely like the the stress comes completely from the relationship then. It shows how much of a um, that like these relationships don't last like they they keep saying during the movie. But it's not because the match itself was a poor match. It's Mm. just that it's such so much pressure on those two people. And then also it's like so much pressure to be everything to the other person because you're losing your family, you're losing your friends and stuff. It, it makes a very like that's what I was saying about like uh, in the beginning talking about like realism quote unquote that like you know like even all that heaven allows and uh, Titanic and other movies that have the similar kind of like rich and poor kind of popper and uh, the rich woman those movies take that approach that it's not you know like uh, status as much as money. Yeah, because Rock Hudson's character is not uh, exactly like super poor either in All That Heaven Allows. All those other movies have that the only thing separating you is the, the outside world. The difficulty is that like uh, Douglas Sirk, uh, talking about Imitation of Life, he does a very good job similar to this movie in Imitation of Life to show like the, the internal problems that people have themselves. And then perhaps being unfair in those movies because like uh, they really work for what they are i'm not saying that they needed that extra thing even titanic for what it is is perfectly fine uh, <laughs> it's just that uh, like uh, you could say the perfectly fine movie with a soundtrack that makes you think that you're looking at a better movie because the fucking james horner soundtrack is just unbelievable with this i think that it is like very common i think the you go you you go two-footed into the relationship you go like okay this is what i want this is what i need i don't care what anybody else says and then every time that you see the other person you're just thinking am i doing the right thing because Mm -hmm. it's so much more of a decision than usually it is to 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 just go out with somebody because also you're you're tainted forever like once she decided that like she'll never be seen the same way again even if her mm. relationship with Ali didn't last and particularly with like t- when you have children as well and like you know other people in your family that completely cast you out yes and then you have like the bit that you were saying how they went on holidays and they come back and they're like oh racist but they need the Ali they need Emmy they need this that and the other I think it's more that, especially whenever like uh, they went on holidays for I don't know two weeks maybe, that mm. it stops people remembering, you know, like they're not. You're one that just seems to be standing in that hallway for her entire life. <laughs> She's not just seeing Ami and Ali going up yeah. and down the staircase every day. So. I don't believe she's real, though. I think that's part of the problem with those characters is that the shopkeepers kind of do. But like the women in the building are just like, 
Uh, like uh, I, it feels very stagey. I I don't know. Like I I've had the that is the thing again that the movie makes about connections, and I think that the dialogue it's on purposely kind of like stilted almost between people mm. because they're just finding the connect. Like I'm a racist, she's a racist. Okay, like we like the the only way to bond between them is to accuse other people let's say or uh, deny other people so i don't think that is even mm, create community through exclusion exactly and it could be that it's not even that uh that they don't even believe completely what they're saying it's just that there's this sense of one upmanship that they said something horrible oh this is how bad it is no 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 this is how bad it is and i think that the the amount of times that they talk about like oh what would you talk to that a person like that about mm. and then not actually have anything to say themselves about anything else you know like that it'd be like okay but if you met a german man and he went to you let's have a conversation like what would you talk about and then fassbender's relationship with his wife like in the movie not in real life mm. uh uh, like the son-in-law shows like the they're just sitting there there's no connections anywhere throughout the movie except for ali and ami and uh, ali and his buddies but it's made clear also that ali and his buddies are buddies mm. largely also because they're the arab people that he knows so it's almost by default that you have to become friends with them because there's nobody else that you can become friends with because as he says like german and arab don't mix in germany at the time it feels very empty the like every relationship feels very empty uh like even whenever apart from the connection that they have um so like even whenever he's in the bar like that opening scene it feels like until they start dancing it, when he walks over towards her it feels like he's like he's like broken something you know what i mean he's he's just he's like stepping out of this sort of like <clears throat> play or something of like what his life is into like this completely different thing and everyone in the room is just like what the fuck including her because at that point she's just like uh okay and then like they have that beautiful conversation and it's it's like a completely different world when you keep cutting back to the bar and like the beers that are not refrigerated uh <laughs> this is like that he's yeah, so I'll have lonely a, even a liter of I'll have a liter of warm beer, please. Oh, yeah, very par badly poured as well. <laughs> she just, like, fucking goes at it. I do love those two women, though. There's something, like... I think the, the, the waitress, uh, the, they're the bar lady as well. The like bar owner. Bar, bar lady. What am I saying? Yeah, the woman who owns the bar. Um, <laughs> that was sexism, folks. Um, <laughs> we're all guilty of it uh i think she her character is is next to the our main couple i find her the most interesting because you know she you see her apartment you see that she gets something beyond just the kind of like sneering you know because obviously the his friends people in his life are you know more ageist maybe than they are racist towards me but there is like they are so when she walks in they they shun her so like immediately like she must sit at the very edge of the bar like they're rude to her it'll never last etc like everyone everyone is so sour in this film and like so embedded in their own kind of like what is ultimately very counterproductive behavior <laughs> as well because this is the problem with like how like racism and sexism and all these ingrained cultural things are that ultimately people who are really within the same class ultimately like you know like middle and lower class people end up turning against each other based off of like you know well it's the thing of like even war and stuff like that it's like the like a foot soldier for american a foot soldier in germany probably had way more in common than the american general and the german general you know like it's yeah this is how you keep the people oppressed yes power to the people uh it feels very intentional i also want to say that um it's very well shot uh he has it is there's a real it's like um 
withdrawn is not the right word, but it's like Brechtian or uh, there are a lot of like uh, shots, very wide shots from afar of uh, peering at people through doorways and stuff, um, which I I didn't have a problem with. I saw a lot of people uh, complaining about the kind of coldness with which he handles the subject matter, um, which I don't think is true at all, because I think if, if he... If he if he only made cold movies, you would never have the the space for that first opening scene, which has so much like uh, care and detail and, and humanism in it. Um, and also, as I said, like one of my favorite uh, scenes is, or even just shots, is when he goes over to uh, her house and they are naked, and you see them like um, through the doorway, and. Like at the moment when you are most vulnerable and most exposed and the moment that you you should be able to connect with somebody, as in like when you were naked and completely alone and, and complete with them, you should be able to, but there's still, the connection's not there. So there's just, he'll never be able to like connect with her in the way that he feels with me, which is like, and it's it's done like so so simply like where they just their bodies connect and it's so just like there's just nothing there just even though she makes him kiss kiss and i was like oh that's so good it's, um, uh, it's also quite interesting as a decision that like he is shown like nude full frontal and she's yeah. not which is like unconventional let's say uh for filmmakers generally like you know you don't see a lot of dicks, but there's a lot of tits in movies, and not like like in this movie. Sometimes nudity is necessary as a storytelling tool. I think that it's very well used in this movie, but there's a lot yeah. of uh, other movies that don't require nudity, and they use it for marketing ploy or whatever. You know, like most sex scenes, you don't need to <laughs> show nudity unless there's an actual story point to show that thing because you can make something incredibly sexy without showing anything i do want to say that <laughs> there's one moment where i laughed out loud uh when um uh Amy's talking to her son and he's like i was an asshole remember the cat and i was like what <laughs> i was like what what the fuck does that mean oh yeah like what, what did he do to the fucking cat what, what happened to the cat I was like, and it's never it, mentioned like, again what a what a violent creep that Fassbender was. It's like, is this referencing a real life occurrence? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, also, just sort of final, final small points. Uh, the scene in the, whenever he goes over to, or whenever she goes to his workplace. And uh, for, some, <laughs> for some reason, like people working on a car and a garage uh, in and around this era just makes me think of Umbrellas of Cherbourg uh, <laughs> and because like that movie is so emotional uh, with the massive roadblock of the singing this, this film is also very emotional with the massive roadblock of people screaming silly racism at each other but uh, that that scene is so it just oh it punched me in the gut whenever she like runs out it's like Oh yeah, the way that uh, he laughs at her, and then uh, as soon as she turns around, he, you can see the smile going off his face because he knows what he's yeah. done, but he also doesn't have the emotional intelligence to, to go and and stop her. Let's say it's kind of yeah, and he doesn't even. I thought like the first time that I was watching it that he'd go after that and apologize. But now she has to go and meet him. And I think it's like the the moment of the movie that is also important that uh, like in a way she's having a really tough time of it all. Mm. But whenever she walks somewhere that nobody knows her, like they, she goes, oh, let's go on holidays somewhere that nobody knows us. But even when he's on holidays there, people are still going to be racist towards him when they see him. Well, she's there by herself. Nobody will know any better. She's just a German woman. Mm-hmm. So there's a way of like relaxing that he can never have. In a way, she has to be more understanding of him than him of her, I think. And I think it would be the same if the roles were reversed. If, if it was just a general 
like older man, younger woman, if the younger woman was uh, Arab, he also would have to have more patience for her, let's say. But at the same time, it's the weird thing about sexism That's, that like it wouldn't be it's a different as, dynamic. Yeah, it wouldn't be as um, like he'd be more accused. In the 70s. Of, yeah, like he'd be <laughs> accused more of getting like a, a male bride or something like that rather than mm. rather than in this case that is like this accusations that he's using you, blah, 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 that you wouldn't get it's such a, a shutting down of her as a woman as yeah. well that like you're like 60 you can't you know you you had your husband you can't you know like there's nothing you're just supposed to live alone now you know and and that's like and sadly something that society still does of that once you get over a certain age you're no longer viewed as like a person with needs you know like uh what was your favorite thing I think that it is the the blocking of every scene. It's a, like there's a dy- dynamism to scenes that are quite static just because of the placement of the mm. camera and how the actors move within the room. Like even the the space, how much space there is behind Emmy's chair in her kitchen is so precise that it it forces him to have to touch her, but it's not like a super awkward kind of tightness, you know, that you'd be, oh, that's just funny every time that he has to squeeze by, he has to, like, kind of Mm. shimmy or whatever, but it's close enough that he has to touch her shoulder. And there's the scene whenever he goes out drinking after dinner that he walks the long way around. Mm. So, like, everything, like, from him touching her hand or, like, waiting at the door first for permission to come in, and then sitting next to her and then just touching her hand as they speak. Like, the blocking does so much for the storytelling and everything. Like, the way the people stand. Like, uh, that se- weird scene in the in the park cafe that it's, like, raining <laughs> yeah. and the entire staff is just looking at them. And then he's just and shouting like the at them. like, the only patrons. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that it adds so much, like... Um, you have like a good amount of humor that is mined from the blocking, like even the son trying to break the TV and taking like <laughs> ten attempts was pretty funny. I think the the kids seem very pathetic. Like they really do. Like even they don't even want to see her. You know, they're just like, ugh, why are you even here? Oh, I just want to lounge around, lounge around in my slip, bitching at my husband. <laughs> Yeah, like, and um, and I always uh, appreciate a fastbender for like persevering with the idea that that's a mustache. Like, um, yeah, you gotta <laughs> like for years. You gotta give him props. Uh, what's your favorite thing? Uh, I would venture to say that I already know the answer, but uh, I'm gonna ask anyways. Tis tis the opening scene. A hundred percent. It's just lovely. I, I love every moment of it. Um, I love how when they're in the hallway and she's like, they keep talking and she kind of turns away from him. And it's just, it's just lovely. And then, uh, yeah, I love, I love that whole, that whole scene. I think every beat of it is, is wonderful. And uh, it just went downhill from there. That's a pity. <laughs> Especially because it's like being the the first like 10, 15 minutes of the movie. You probably were like, oh, yeah, that feeling that we say before about like knowing when you're in good hands, like watching Last Black Man in San Francisco or something. That it's like the first two minutes ago, this guy knows what he's doing. Uh, What was your least favorite thing? Um, I suppose that the landlord being the best person in the movie. Yeah, particularly that he gets some good lines. And he's so just like, what's wrong with you? I don't understand. What are you talking about? Go away. <laughs> yeah, it's cast that as soon as he he walks in and realizes that they're not robbing him, he's completely fine about it. It's like all he cares is about the money. Um, but uh, So silly. I think it's just uh, not the fact that it's, oh yeah, a landlord is the best person in the movie. I suppose is that there's no 
other person that bucks the trend let's say in mm-hmm. the movie and even though i don't think that the movie needed to tone down everybody else i think that be like in a way the 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 bar owner plays that part but it's kind of not very clear her background either because to a certain degree the wife of the store owner kind of plays that but it's also she doesn't she's more pragmatic though yeah. than anything else than she is anti-racist like she's more just stop being an idiot you're like voting against your own interest <laughs> by being mean to her husband <laughs> like <laughs> exactly not out of any care or you know let's not have a shit neighborhood more but we you know they're going to the supermarket and if you're nice to her she'll come back and buy her margarine here um ugh, margarine <laughs> Right, what's uh, your least favorite thing? I suppose it's kind of like the, the, the block that I felt that I couldn't quite get past for the rest of the film. That Because there are characters outside of their relationship that feel quite, that feel more fleshed out. Like even say the bar owner, like I wonder maybe in that opening scene if she almost sees a little bit of herself in me. And like her her looking at her there's so much more behind it than there is with the other woman who we don't know anything about or there is about the other characters in the bar that feel very one note or the women uh like in Amy's apartment building it all it just seems a little bit too you know i i couldn't get past that for the rest of the film which disappointed me but he at the same time like he never lost me truly because that like that scene in the the garage and then also the scene with the doctor where it's very matter of fact the way he treats the situation of like i know he's gonna be back it's like that's just the way it is it's very like depressing (laughs) not only just because it concerns like ali but also because you know it's like this is just the way life is it's like ah so depressing (sighs) so (laughs) So bummed out. Uh, yeah, so go out, watch it. It's on Criterion. Watch the first 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. Do Beautiful watch short uh, movie. <laughs> yes. uh, so if they want to hear us talking about uh, hopefully more German movies in the future, and if they want to go back and listen to our uh, Wings of Desire episode or... Uh, or Possession episode or we did do a Werner Herzog movie which is sort of technically German I guess not German Bavarian Uh, where can they find us Ricardo? they can find us on Facebook The Recommendation Game on Twitter at The Rec Game they can find our back catalogue on Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud and Soundcloud and Spotify and we are on Dublin Digital Radio every second Monday 11 to 12 next week's film is Orla's Pick what are you Yay. picking, Orla? Uh, not Son of Saul, not Summer of Saul, or Summer of Sam. It is Summer of Soul. Yeah, like a... <laughs> we will feel good about ourselves, and it will be great. Although not really, because, well, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> until then, <laughs> I was Orla McNeilis. And I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>